your net worth is determined by your network and your self-worth is determined by your self-work. Welcome to All In with Rick Jordan. I'm your host, Rick Jordan. I'm here with Jeff Lerner. Jeff, what's up, brother? Uh, man, uh, everything, everything seems to be up these days. Don't, don't, don't believe the media. Everything is up, not down. Right on. Right. Do my son, and then we'll get into the stuff we just started talking about pre-show. My son, who's ten, has always had these phrases, these alecisms. You know, his name's Alec, so we call him alecisms. And yesterday, I saw my wife on her Instagram story post alecism. You know, nine hundred forty-six thousand three hundred twenty-seven. <laughs> you know, media takes crap and turns it into worse crap. That was he's ten and he's seen this. Wow, that's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun do we oh man Let, let's dive in because we're just like gonna peel things back today we're it was awesome i was on your show a couple of weeks ago mm -hmm. last week i don't know stuff flies by so fast man and i'm thinking from what you were just saying how you know you're uh, you feel like you're five hours behind today because you were up late you know normally you get up really really early same here i was feeling the same way this morning man and this is what i was thinking on my way into the studio is I want to talk to Jeff about this because I remembered, you know, the, the iceberg you've got behind you yeah. when, when I was on your show. I mean, it's something that we've seen before, but today was like a perfect example because man, this week, you know, I launched my own mastermind for the IT space. It was a lot of hard work, you know, put into it, just went off amazingly, you know, a lot of signups on Wednesday this week. And it was funny because I even saw some screen grabs. The, the one grab was, you know, of myself and my executive director, Ashley, just looking amazing, smiling, laughing, you know, right in the middle of the thing. And then afterwards, you know, the, it, you see me like slouch back on my chair with my hand on my head because it was like, it's done, finally. <laughs> but dude, coming out of that, like today, it was, I did not want to work out today. My body just felt so lethargic and I had not worked out like I should have this week because of everything else going on. Yeah, and you see that, but what happened is like, you know, I'm just going to freaking do it. And I, oh, dude, I was so close to not so freaking close to not to just pounding another espresso, getting <laughs> into the office and then diving into this. And I wanted to talk to you about this today, man, because you, you've been through some stuff, you know, and it, we all have. And I, I of course want to talk to you about Entree Institute. I think I, I pronounced that right. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Did it's I? like entrepreneur minus yeah. entrepreneur. I dig it. I didn't know if that was like French for enter, you know, which is kind entre. of fun. It's yeah. Entre Institute. Yeah. Come on, Rick. Say it right, you dumb American. <laughs> Dude, man, you're going to start there. I'm going to bring out my Aussie. I think I don't think I've ever brought him out on the show before. This is what we're going to wow. do. We got the, we got the French man and we got the Aussie. Let's go at it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I actually think I know who would win and I don't think it would be the French guy. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I kind of knew this would happen, but I had to get over this mental hump this morning. And this is what most go through. Everybody goes through this. And I knew as soon as I got like 20 minutes into my hour long workout, man, I started feeling freaking amazing. And as I'm lifting, I'm like, man, everything seems so stinking easy today. Huh. Yeah, and it, but I had to just say, screw it. I'm just going to do it. Uh, and that, uh, I think I just nailed a straight truth right away, right at the, you know, it's a segment on the show, but that's, 
that's what I feel everybody needs, man, is just screw it. I'm just going to do it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I've literally, I, I remember I saw this, um, this speech one time by a guy named Wayne Allen Root. I don't know if you know who that is. He was no. a libertarian vice presidential nominee like eight years ago. But he's like a, he's like a Vegas uh, odds, Vegas handicapper. Huh. I don't know. He like calls the odds and he publishes his picks. And he's a kind of a wild and crazy guy. Um, but he, he had this speech that he gave once called Positive Addictions. Okay. And he was like a lot of really successful type A, you know, quasi-competitive type personalities. Like they have like that addictive personality, right? Yeah, and so, yeah. Uh, if you fight that, you're probably never going to win. Yep. So you have to, like anything, if you want to fix a habit or improve a habit, swap it with another habit. If you want to improve an addiction, swap it with a better addiction. And he, he had this list of his positive addictions that he's basically been able to convert his addictive personality into a lot of forward progress in his life. And that, was, that stuck with me, man. I've always, yeah, yeah. because when you, what, what you realize is like, to be really successful, in my opinion, and, and I say this having been two people, I was a laughably unsuccessful person for a good chunk of my life. Yep. And I've been really successful, you know, in certain ways for the last, you know, at least several years. And the successful version of me is pretty impulsive. Yeah. Like the, the successful version of me doesn't give himself permission to hesitate. Dude, that's beautiful. Yes. And, right. And I don't, yeah. I don't yeah. waver. I just go. So I have to make sure that my impulses are good impulses because it could just as easily be like, you know, something that's going to take my life off the rails as something great. And so I've tried to figure out what are these few little tiny things that I can, I can get addicted to and that I can go without hesitation. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I mean, it's things yeah. like the gym. And one of them for me is going live on social media. Really? Because you will sit there. I mean, I don't know if you do that much, but you'll sit there and be like, man, what am I going to talk about? There's no safety net. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have any good ideas today. I'm going to look <laughs> stupid. My hair's out of place. The lighting sucks. And I've just trained myself to just hit publish. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly, and, and there's people, whether it's one person or a thousand people, there's people watching. And you're like, okay, well, I got to come up with something. And then it's, yeah, like, right it's like the workout. If you just put yourself in that situation, you start to get good. And next, next thing you know, five minutes later, you're in flow and it's just sure. coming out of you. You're like, who's this guy? I like this guy. You know? Yeah, right on. I was feeling like I was going to be that way. And it sucked in my brain. And this was one of the things because, I, dude, I wanted to show up for you. You know, because we, we had a great time on your show. Uh, but I'm like, you know, th there's nothing that I can think of today. And then I'm sitting there at the breakfast table this morning, you know, just eating my egg whites and my muffin, you know, and my like half a stick of grass fed butter. You know, that's, a, that's like a thing for me every morning. It's brain yeah. food, you know, yeah. and I'm drinking my coffee. And I sat for an extra 30 minutes at the table, you know, just doing nothing. And that's the hesitation because usually it's breakfast immediately. I'm into my workouts. This yeah. morning was like that extra 30 minutes that slowed me down. And I know that's where I get stuck, man. It's, it's the hesitation to not jump into that. And do, what you're saying is resonating with me so much today. Because every time that I've hesitated, it could have even been for a very good thing. Yeah, but, but just waited to jump into it, to go all into this. It usually doesn't come out well. 
because I hesitated. And it could just be 15 seconds that I sat there and pondered, but then it set the tone for that entire activity because I just hesitated. Yeah, there's a, there's a really good quote. Shoot, hang on, my AC just kicked off. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> this is the real, real. You get your thermostats behind the bed. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's, a, it's just a little hack. <laughs> it's so low. It's low enough that it's yeah. my backdrop when I'm sitting down. It was just yeah. like perfect. But yeah, so there's this great quote on Ma, uh, hold on, where is it? Where is it? There's this great quote by Jack Ma, um, the founder of Alibaba in yeah, China. Yeah. And, and it's it's a little a little politically incorrect because he uses the term poor people over and over, like poor people are this, yeah, poor people yeah. are that. And you know, I would say like uh, you know, victims or poverty minded, or I'd try to, yep. I suspect there's something in the, maybe the translation. Yeah, but, for sure. Man, where is it? He basically says at the end, he's like, you know, give them, give them a new idea. They'll say it's an MLM. Give them a brick and mortar. They'll say it's too much work. Give them a, you know, a, a job. They'll say I'm not qualified. Give them whatever. It's, they always have excuses, but at the end he's like, the reason they stay stuck is because their whole life is about waiting. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh man. So I'm like, well, I can't argue with it. Therefore, ergo, I should just not wait. Yes. <laughs> That's right? fantastic. So what was the most recent thing that you can think of that you hesitated on? Cause it's a, it creeps up and I feel like hesitation is a, is a, is a virus, dude. It, it just creeps up on us and it's just, it's always there. Cause I did it this morning, 30 yeah. minutes today. You know, I did it this morning just to, to even get into a stupid workout. I hesitated. And then I know that's why I suffered the first 20 minutes before I got into the rhythm of things. And then it was amazing. But when's the last thing you hesitate? I'm, I'm going to pull back your. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Answering that question, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, no. You know what I find is I'm pretty good at not hesitating when I don't have an, a reason, a good reason to hesitate. Like, yeah, yeah. like I've gotten pretty good at getting out of my own way and not letting my internal inter interfere with my external. That's through like, you know, a, over a years and years, over decades of, of rigor and discipline. But what I still am highly susceptible to, and it drives me freaking crazy, is if there's one little thing externally that goes wrong, yeah. I'll be like, oh, well, there, there, there we go. It go. There it goes. I'm, I'm out. Like it's, and, and I think about, so I was doing an interview like this the other day and uh, in the middle of a great conversation, like a great conversation with a, a doctor who's a big leader in the, in the keto, you know, carnivore movement, yeah. my power goes out in my office and oh, it kills fun. the whole thing. So then I like, text the guy i'm like dude i'm so sorry that's never happened before like i promise we're not amateurs it's just, literally i lost power and yeah. you know learning lesson i need to have a power backup like these are the things you learn right and but he doesn't reply right away and i'm like man i guess he just he probably thinks i'm an amateur he probably thinks i'm a loser right yeah yeah and then i'm like well i really want to rebook him like i want to see this through i want to do it right but all of a sudden in my in my head i'm like yeah but he's he thinks you're, he, he just thinks you're, you're not legit and you, you blew it and you, you had your shot and it, it, it failed and just move on to the next one. 
And I, I actually did. I let it go. And then the next day, I was like, what the hell did you just do, man? Like, <laughs> that is not who you are. And so, that, but then it's, and, and, but, and it's, it's harder. That's the thing. It's harder to get the guy back now because I waited. People are busy. Successful people are busy. Yeah, right on. You know, because I let the, I'm, I didn't strike, right? I probably had like a minute after the power went out when I could have scrambled and gotten everything in, in place to, to make it okay in the future. Yeah. And yeah. I, because I hesitated overnight, I don't know if I'll ever get the guy back. He yeah, probably man. thinks I'm a loser. Yeah, because your power went out. Yeah. <laughs> or because your thermostat's he, he was a busy guy. Frankly, he was someone yeah. whose who's stock, his public stock is probably a little higher than mine right now. So, yeah. you know, I, I, it was mine to blow, and I kind of maybe blew it because I waited. I feel you, man. I feel you. There, there's been scenarios like that, too, to where I've canceled things. Just say, you know, it, it usually takes a lot for me to – just kind of throw my hands up in the air and be like, well, that wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Uh, but those moments creep up to where there's, a, you know, maybe there's just other things going on too, you know, because the power goes off or you're ready to just, you're jumping into something that's huge. And it, here, I've noticed this too, because whenever the win has the potential for being just humongous, the pressure against you is going to be even that much greater. Because it's just like a bigger wall and you've got to push through this thing like you never have before. You know, but th that's how I also know that I'm absolutely supposed to do this because it's so, it's just so hard to get to that point. And there's a difference too, man, because I, I don't force anything. And that's something that I've, that's come in discipline too is not forcing thing, but, so anything. But not forcing is very, very different from working hard. You know, it could be something extremely difficult, but forcing something is just, you're, you're fighting against everything that's coming at you, but you're also making things come at you at the same time by trying to force this mm -hmm. versus I see all the steps in front of me, or maybe I, I don't even see all the steps in front of me, but I know that I'm just going to keep going along. I actually like it when I don't see all the steps because then there's less for me to screw up. <laughs> if I can see everything yeah. from A to Z, then I start overthinking some things and then I can start hesitating like we're talking about or starting to think of all the ways that it could possibly go wrong rather than just letting the things come at me one by one and step by step and then I can just deal with them as they come. That's not the same as not planning though because you know the destination, but it's almost like I think back to, it's a stupid analogy, but still I'm going to say it. You know, My kids and I have been watching Pirates of the Caribbean you know, just going through that, you know, quarantine videos, right? We're diving at the lockdown movie binge. And I remember Jack Sparrow having that compass and it didn't point north. It just pointed to what you wanted most. And he would always say, you know, something like we have our heading. He just knew the direction to go. He had no idea what was coming at him when he gets out there. And I, I, I resonated with that, even something as stupid as in that movie, right? With a crazy character like, like Johnny Depp played. But understanding that it's not forcing it, but just taking things as they're going to come and dealing with them in that moment. You might not know how to get to your destination, but at least you know the direction that you're going to head in. And then you can start to say, man, I know that no matter what's going to come at me, I've got the right things in place. I'm not going to force this. Whatever comes my way, I'm going to be able to deal with it. Because as soon as it comes, I'm not hesitating. I'm jumping all in. I'm loving our conversation, man. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I'll tell you what you, you just made me think of. And I think about this a lot. You know, the most effective driver, you know, in all of civilization, like I, I, what is the most effective way to drive or what's the most effective, I guess, demonstration of directing human behavior? 
Yeah. It's sales. Sales is the art of getting people pointed in a direction and doing it and having to give something up in the process, right? Yep. And I'm like, well, that's, A, that's a really cool thing to be good at with other people. But that, that's also a really cool thing to be good at with myself. Right on. And so I've, I do this all the time. I play these little games with myself and, and I sell myself at like into, into the next thing. And one of the things we know about like, let's say like big, big enterprise sales, like if you're going to go sell a, a, a new piece of IT software to Amazon or something, yeah. right? That's not going to happen overnight. Like you're not going to close that deal tomorrow, at, you know, after walking in the door today. Right on. It's going to be a, a sequential, iterative, warming and a growth and expansion and enrolling different stakeholders. And it's going to be this whole complex process, right? But it happens one little micro win at a time. For sure. Right? So if I want to do something big in my life, it's like you said, you don't, seeing all the parts can be a deterrent. Yeah. I just need, how would I sell Amazon on software is how I need to sell myself on doing a big thing. Just win one stakeholder one day at a time. And two years now, from now, I'll close that massive deal in my own life. Dude, I love that. That's it. I don't know who listens to that. I mean, there's a lot of people that listen to this, but it, you know, the, the different spectrums because I, I work with small and medium enterprises for cybersecurity. There's those that are realtors that, li <laughs> that listen to the show. I know that, right. you know, they're just the one-offs, but it's really the same thing. Yeah. You know, it, it, yeah. I'm not talk talking about closing enterprise software. I mean, oh, I mean yeah, exactly. About, hey, I want to start a business. Hey, I want to, I want to land that girl. Dude, that's a great, yes, right there especially over zoom with all the zoom dating going on right now. Yeah. I think we need to start some dating advice. No, I'm going to chase a squirrel if I do. That. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, even into like marriage help and things like that, you know, it's all, it's always those little wins along the way, especially yeah. when you're in a rut in a, in a ditch. It, it takes a long time to dig out of those things. I know you have some experience about that too. I mean, it's in, it's in your bio, you know, getting so far into debt, you know, and you came out of it, man. This is, this really resonated with me too. When I read this, you came out of it, you know, and it wasn't an overnight. It seems pretty fast because it, this is correct, right? It's $400,000 in debt. 495, man. So almost 500. At 28 just, years old as a, my only real earn, earnable skill was a piano player. That's oh and my, my name gosh. wasn't Elton or Billy or yeah. <laughs> You know? I remember us talking about the musician side of it because I, I play too. You know, I just picked up a guitar yesterday. I learned, uh, I learned how to play guitar listening to Metallica. You know, nice. Just self-taught, you know, playing what, the what power album? chords. What, what album? <laughs> oh, the Black album all the way, man. All right, all right. I, I came right into, I was maybe 13, 14 years old. And then after that, that's when grunge picked up. You know, so you're talking like 90, 91, around that area. I think the Black album was 91. But it was just, you know, power chords. And then, of course, grunge was like, I can use what I just learned in every right. single song playing the same three chords. It was great. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was enjoying that. But you're a piano player, dude. And how did, how did that happen? So were, was it the restaurant franchise that... that yeah, so... You in that hole? Yeah, so 2006, I'm 27 years old. Um, credit is really, really easy to come by. I've been an yeah. entrepreneur. So I'm, I'm a piano player by night. 
and, and I teach some lessons by day and I'm a student in the morning. So I, you know, I always pack two days of work into every day. Sure. And then I'm like starting businesses. I tried flipping houses. I'm you know, just all I did was yeah. with my credit. I tried originating mortgages. I originated one mortgage in, in, in one year. And the guy I did a mortgage for, I didn't even take a fee. He had a Lamborghini and my fee was, I want to drive your Lamborghini for the weekend. <laughs> and that may, sound, that may sound ridiculous and indulgent, but it actually was, it was a trick. It was a little sales process on myself yeah. to say, okay, I can either get a thousand bucks for doing this one mortgage in an entire year, which a thousand dollars in a year isn't going to really fundamentally change yeah, my life. Yeah. But driving a Lamborghini for the weekend might plant a seed. Right on. And I, so I, I did, that was how I won the deal. I'm like, dude, I won't even charge you a fee. I just want to borrow your car for the weekend. So anyway, I did, I was clearly a bad loan officer if that yeah. was all I did. <laughs> but, so I did that. I was doing all this other stuff, trying to fit it in between being a student and being a teacher yeah, and being yeah. a working, you know, performer. And, uh, and finally when I was 27, 2006, you know, credit was so easy. And I went and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go big. I'm going to open up a couple franchise restaurants. Yeah. Worst idea ever. Like I'm going to chop lettuce and have to fire $8 an hour people that never, you know, cause they didn't show up three days in a row and didn't call. And like, it just was the work yep. taking on all kinds of small, annoying problems. But long story short, the government loaned me what about $400,000. Oh, wow. Right, it right, you know, right heading into the Great Recession. <laughs> so, so fast forward, 2008, the restaurants are closed. I have four years left on, and it was two restaurants. Yeah. I, I was a big thinker. I, I actually managed to secure, I was a good talker. I, I, with no previous legitimate business experience, I secured the rights to develop a territory into 10 stores with a wow. franchise company, got loans for the first two opened and closed them within a year and was 400 between leases, taxes, legal fees, and yeah. bank loan was $495,000 in debt. Wow. Go big or go home, right? Yeah, right on, dude. You know, <laughs> I know you're in marketing right now, man, but I got a little marketing tip for you because I mean, your bio reads $400,000 in debt, but you should say like just under a half a million. You know yeah. I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good call. Yeah. It makes so, it sound bigger, you know, but, but, but for real, I mean, anyone looks at that regardless and it's just like, oh my gosh, whether it's 495, 400,000, half a million, it's still a big freaking number. Yeah. And I'd right never made more than four and the most money I'd ever made in my life at that point was $42,000 on a tax return. It's probably more like 60 cause I got to keep some tips I didn't have to claim, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's a big mountain for a guy who's never made more than, you know, 40, 50 grand a year. Right on. Especially and in your so 20s, big, man. Big problems require big pivots, big commitment, yeah. big, you know, big changes. Especially in your 20s. That, that's, a, that's like starting out life in the hole, you know, which some people can probably feel that way. You know, like me. I mean, I look back to my dad passed when I was 16. You know, I was working full time since I was 16 years old, helping with the bills, raising my brother and sister. You know, it's a, even though I, it was just a struggle for a long time. So even though I wasn't $495,000 in debt, it was like this mental thing of it's always just going to be hard work without much of a payoff. Yeah. That was the original thought that I had, you know, until, until you talked about sales, man. And cause I started at McDonald's when I was 16 
And then I, I just became, you know, a, a crew manager, you know, which was great. It was like the first level assistant manager. That's, that's a, isn't that, don't they call that America's best first job? They do. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you, I did, as I, th I didn't realize it at the time because I'm 16. Right. And I, I realized it maybe about 10 years later in my twenties, because I look back and if there's a way to do this in a lot of different industries, because I mean, they made it so simple to produce the consistency. And that's one thing with McDonald's that I'll give them the food sucks. It's not healthy at all for you. <laughs> you know, at least they cook some Toll House chocolate chip cookies. That's like the only thing I still get from there because it's the same kind of dough that I would make at home for the most part, you know, <laughs> I had chocolate chip cookies at home. Wow. Yeah. That's actually a sad commentary on the menu though, is the only thing that's safe to put in your body is the cookies. The cookies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no joke, man. But it, you, but you look at their, their structure, and this is one of the things that blows my mind still, is that you go to McDonald's to McDonald's, it can be East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, South, doesn't matter. The burger is still the freaking same. Yeah. Anywhere, the filet fish is still the same filet fish still made exactly the same way everywhere. And that's mind-blowing to me because, I mean, you opened a franchise chain of restaurants. The structure that you need to ensure consistency across all of your different locations. I mean, I have a client right now that owns six Buffalo Wild Wings and that, that's, they're, they're all franchises. And he struggles with the consistency just in those six. So imagine yeah. tens of thousands of restaurants and you're keeping it identical. The process that they've implemented is just insane to me to be able to do that, the consistency. So I, I didn't appreciate it then, but I absolutely appreciate it now. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you gotta, you, you gotta give them a nod. I, I have to say though, it, my, my mental framework of McDonald's has been permanently changed because I watched that documentary oh, about, <laughs> about how they scammed the Monopoly game. Yep. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you saw that. And I'm like, yeah, that's the, that's the one thing McDonald's got wrong, man. That's the one thing that got away from them. That was pretty crazy though. Right on, right on. Then, of course, there was, what, Supersize Me? That was another documentary that I yeah, watched. Yeah, yeah. They haven't you know, fared well in documentaries. Right on. I think we're chasing a squirrel here. But that was one of the things that I was like, I'm never touching this again. Because the dude eating nothing but McDonald's for 21 days, he started having, like, liver problems. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> aged, internally, he aged, like, what, like 30 years? And yeah, years. that's crazy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So back on track. Yes, yes. For sure. <laughs> Coming out of debt, man, this is... It wasn't an overnight thing, but still it was relatively fast, you know, because from what, from what everything reads is that it was 18 months, right? You completely paid yeah, off. Yeah, it was 18 debt. months I paid it off. But here's the thing. Yeah, and, and this is sort of the subtext of the story that's, that's the real takeaway is you can do things fast when you're ready. Oh, man, that's huge. That's mic drop. It, and, and yeah, I mean, and so I've been getting ready since I was 16 years old. When I was 16... My parents said, Jeff, here's some money. You can go to college. My response to that was, I don't want to go to college. Uh, I don't know what I want to do, but I know it's not that. A year later, yeah. I dropped out of high school. So sort of shut that door for the time being. And I took that college money and I went and hired the IT guy at my dad's office. Yeah. And I learned that IT guys are not necessarily programmers. Like he was a network infrastructure guy, yep, yep. you know, code, um, software code. But I hired him to build the world's first, this is how it was built in my mind, the world's first global internet-based lottery. 
Oh, fun. And I bought the domain. So this is 1996. I was, what, 17? Yeah. I bought the domain cyberlotto.com. That was back when they called it cyberspace. So yeah, I bought yep. cyberlotto.com. <laughs> and I was, drew, I, you know, I didn't know how to like, you know, mind map or do information architecture documentation or yeah. anything back then. I was just scribbling it on notepads. It was like the page by page, uh, the wireframes of cyberlotto.com and the pictures and the logo and everything. And I was like, just build this, man. It's going to be global. We're going to take, if we can take this, the U.S. lottery, you know, the, the Texas lottery or whatever, imagine multiplying that times 6 billion people, 87 countries, yeah, man. 42 languages, 51 currencies, like, you know, when you're a kid, I was like, this is going to, we're going to pay the world's first billion dollar jackpots, man. Billion dollar jackpots. And this guy's like totally just taking my college money. He didn't know, he didn't know how to program anything. <laughs> like, yeah, I got you. I can do yeah. stuff. So finally, after like six months, um, he, he sends me like this one HTML homepage. Sweet. It's just got a crappy like clip art logo on it. Yeah do anything <laughs> so that so then i'm like oh man okay i blew that and then long i mean what well, i'm not going to tell you the full blow by blow story of a decade yeah. of my life but that was when I, I you know right there i started learning about risk and yeah. ideation and how to you know vet people and then you know i did the loans i did the uh, i started a marketing company in my early 20s where i had to teach myself the adobe creative suite photoshop indesign illustrator awesome. I had to um, put a pitch deck together and go raise money. I actually raised about a million dollars in my early 20s to uh, try to take real estate MLS data sheets, you know, the, yeah. the sheets yeah, they yeah. put in front of the properties yep. and, and tap, into the, uh, tap in cell phones into the MLS systems and actually pull them to your phones with text message nice. short, short codes, which they do all the time now. Yep, yep. My buddy and I were trying to launch that in 2003. Oh, wow. We were just too early. I was in, I was having meetings with real estate offices trying to explain to all these 65 year old realtors how to, yeah. you know, how to send a text message because nobody yeah. did it back then. For sure. And I'm like, imagine if, you, if people didn't, you didn't have to go replace the flyers. Every time it rains, all your flyers get wet. You don't have to do that anymore. And, uh, you know, I learned about market timing. I learned about uh, being too far ahead and having, you know, that if you're having to educate your market about how to use your product. It's not yeah. going to catch. And I learned all these lessons. Plus I learned how to work. Plus I got really good at sitting at a keyboard for hours and hours. Cause I was a self-taught piano player. Yeah. I just, I was learning all this stuff. So then I'm 28 years old and yeah, I'm one of the, you know, quickest study affiliate marketers ever. People use my story. They plaster it all over the place and say, look how easy internet marketing is. This guy paid off half a million dollars in 18 months. It's like, I spent 12 years, 12 years yep. becoming a way better entrepreneur than my results indicated. And that's one of the biggest lessons. Your results are a very, very lagging indicator of your abilities. That's, oh man, I love that because everything you just talked about over those 12 years too, it's not even just the educate, like the, the Adobe suites and everything else. I mean, like the legit education that you receive, the real value that I heard from everything that you talked about, dude, was every single time you fell on your face. And it was, a, 
<laughs> you oh, know, yeah. being too early to the market with the text messaging. I, as you were talking about that, man, I remember you know, it was the year 2000 and I was, it's before SMS was even a thing. Right. And I had Sprint. So you're talking 2003, you know, it was starting to come around uh, around that time. But you're, you're right, man. The older generation at that point just didn't adopt it. I mean, they're, they're like 80 something years old now. I mean, <laughs> but the 80 year olds, the ones that were 65, those are the ones that are using some of the most data that exists because now it became easy to use. Back right. then it was stupid difficult to even try to stupid send a stupid text message on a you know remember the T9 how you had to try to figure out what the hell you were typing. Yeah, yeah, you had to hit you had to hit the number 2 4 times to make a C or whatever. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, it was painful. And and the, the other thing I learned is that when you go to a real estate office in the middle of the day and say hey I want to get all the realtors together, I brought free lunch. First of all, the ones that are there in the middle of the day are the ones that don't have any listings or showings. <laughs> and the ones that are enticed Oops. by free lunch are the ones that need the money or can't afford yeah. lunch. So you're pitching to the bottom half of the segment. Wow. That's a little takeaway for people that sell to the real estate industry. Dude, that's a straight truth right there. I, that applies to all industries. Yeah. The ones that are going to take the free lunch are the ones that need the free lunch. Yeah, exactly. Straight truth. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it was brutal. But I mean, I... I you know, it is it, all of this, all of the cliches, all the little aphorisms about success, they're, they're, they are those things because they're just straight truth and they don't change. Grit, yeah. relentlessness, unreasonable optimism and enthusiasm, like delusional <laughs> levels of enthusiasm. I had no reason to call. I called a national franchise. It was a Canadian company yeah. that moved into the United States. I called their U.S. headquarters in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho when I was 26 and had never been successful in any business and convinced them to give me 10 units to develop Houston, Texas, the fourth biggest market in the country wow. and the, the first biggest market in the country in terms of the frequency that people eat out. It was a big deal for them who they picked to be the master franchisee in Houston, Texas. They gave it to a 26-year-old kid who never succeeded in anything except wow. playing chopsticks <laughs> because I was delusionally confident. I recognize it. It's a legitimate form of insanity. And if it didn't make money, it would need to be treated clinically. Yeah, right on. Oh, that is beautiful. If it doesn't make money, and it, that, that's, oh my gosh. Everybody <laughs> thinks that you're crazy, right? To this day. Exactly. This day, yes. My business is is now right now after years and years doing you know so we have days that are more than what a lot of families make in a year yeah and i'm still the crazy relative or friend or neighbor that i don't we don't know what he does and, and it's like <laughs> we don't care we don't want to know it's yes. probably a scam it's yep. probably a pyramid the pyramid thing. Oh my gosh. Dude, I love what you're saying, man, because it's, it's cracking me up. And I'm looking back at the several past years of my life too, as you're saying these things. And it's like my own mother, she has no idea what I do. You know, she just knows it has something to do with, with cyber, you know, and security. But then she's like, what, well, what's this podcast thing? Right. You know, or why are you speaking at NASDAQ? You know, I mean, and then it's like now everything. Well, it's a pyramid, man. Exactly. It's a pyramid. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm navigating you know it's uh, you know well why do you need to do this you know what's well, uh, and then she's you know she's supportive you know and she tries to uh, understand you know but then it's just like oh okay well you know you know my husband you know this is what's going on but then she just changes the subject because right. it just goes nowhere it's hilarious oh my gosh 
Yeah, you're, huh. taking, you're taking me down memory lane, man. It's, Irrational uh, levels of optimism. <laughs> That's the best phrase in the world. Wow. Dude, I, I, wish, I wish that we lived closer, man, because we could tell these stories just all the time to each other, it would seem. Uh, I look back and I, you know, what you went through with the restaurant industry, you know, similar scenario that I went through with the church starting very three, three very successful churches. I always wanted to be the number two guy, never wanted to be the number one because I didn't want all the pressure on me at that point. And I also didn't want to take anything from what I was involved in because that was sort of philanthropy for me at the okay. time, you know, and that's where I had all of my music if you want to call it a career, you know, semi-pro, you know, I mean, leading bands, playing in front of thousands, being part of super bands for those things, you know, it was a lot of fun, dude. Now, just like McDonald's, I learned a lot, but every single one of those ended up being a failure because I started realizing that I was the only one that had those in insane levels of optimism that was in this group, you know, and the, they, the, the lead pastor in these churches would always look at me like, what the heck is wrong with this kid? Because I was in my 20s when all this was going on, you know, and they always had to like squash the optimism in yeah. me. And it's yeah. just because they didn't share it because they saw a lot of the negative and, you know, trying to, trying to go through all these processes and, you know, all the hesitations that came up. You know, even when you launch a church, dude, it's, it's very freaking difficult. Like, well, maybe we'll do this next time. I'm like, why don't we do it right now? Let's do it tomorrow. Come on. Why are we waiting? Let's just go after it. You know, like, no, no, no. We have to plan. I'm like, who cares? Why don't we just do it? I think we should do it. You want to do it? And I'm like, I think you need to calm down. Rick. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think that I do, but that's okay. And then when it got to a certain point to where it's like time and time again, it's like, you know what? I think I need to go somewhere else, you know? And then I launch it all over again. The same thing. Well, I think you need to calm down, Rick. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, why do you think that we should do this? Or, you know, why do you feel like we should, you know, belong or have a booth at the, it was sort of like the taste of Chicago thing, which is a huge food thing, right? Why should we have a booth? Why should a church have a booth at the taste of Chicago? I'm like, well, because we're just talking to people. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? You know, just get out there like, well, maybe we'll plan for next year. I'm like, why don't we do it this year? Well, because it's next week. Who cares? We'll get stuff catered in. We'll give people food. We can print flyers overnight. It doesn't matter. Whatever we can do, we can do it right now. And the, those levels of optimism, it just, I never saw the barriers. I, I've always had trouble seeing the barriers to accomplishments. I see things that have to be overcome, but I've never seen them as barriers to completely block progress or push things off. Just going at it, man, we're back to the hesitation thing again. But yeah. it's, well, people think we're nuts, and that, I can take that. Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to operating philosophies. Like, one of the things I've learned in the last few years, because now that I teach, you know, Entre Institute, we teach entrepreneurialism. Yeah, which is that it's kind of like trying to bottle lightning. I mean, it's actually a very hard thing to teach because it's so creative and and philosophical and, and yeah. inner driven by the individual human energy. It's like how do you in, infuse that or even quantify it for people? Um, What's the but, biggest identifier? I didn't mean to cut you off. What's the biggest identifier that you see in your students from those that are going to just crush it and those that are sort of just kind of playing it's, entrepreneur it's two, things. it's two things one is our first core value is we eagerly do hard things well hmm. and there's that's actually three statements in one we do hard things that's kind of everybody i don't think there's yeah. anybody that says their life is easy you know some people it's all relative some people probably have a little higher threshold but to do them well means doing them 
enough to master them and to do them eagerly means kind of this insanity that we're talking about, right? Yeah. So that's the first one is just the, the natural, like, you know, David Goggins, Jocko Willink type, like, I'm just going to pound it and do it and I'm going to love it, right? So that's yep. one. Um, and, the abil- and, and the ability to sustain that over a long period of time, which is encapsulated in doing it well, right? Like, if yeah, you're like, yeah. I want to, you know, I want to be, I want to do powerlifting. Yeah. Well, to do that well, you're going to have to do it for years. Yep, that's just the right right? Okay, yep. so that's one. The other is, uh, and it's the state, the common statement, like the Brian Tracy, I think is Brian, Tracy, you know, whoever says success loves speed, right? Like you move fast. Yeah, yeah. But I've, I've sort of honed it in a way to kind of go with what you were saying, where like Einstein has a saying, saying about physics. He said, you know, things should always be made as simple as possible, but never any simpler. Oh, wow. And I have twisted that to say you should always go as fast as possible, but never any faster. (laughs) That's brilliant. And that's my second trait is entrepreneurs are always in a hurry right up to the point where they realize it's going to break apart. Yeah. But they actually know when to throttle a little bit. Just a little. That's a, yeah, just a little for sure. There's those that will continue to. You know, this thought in my head is playing entrepreneur. You know, and I see that existing because it's almost like a dream kind of job, if you want to call it that. And that that's how the the ones that play it sort of look at it. That's a it's yeah. a job. You know, it's a thing to do because it's cool. I mean, look at guys like us, you know, look at an Andy Frisella or, you know, a Grant Cardone, how they're out there and they're the entrepreneurs. Look at how much money they're making. You know, it would be so much fun to do what they're doing. I want a podcast. I want to, I want to fly in a private jet all over the place. You know, I want to have my own Mercedes van that, that I just sit in the back of and that's where I do all my work from, you know, or right, in my pool right. in the backyard. You know, they're looking at the things and it's great to be inspired up to a certain level. However, you still want to just dive in and say, what does it require to get to that point? Mm-hmm. Because all of those people that I just mentioned, just like you and I, have actual real businesses. Yeah. This is not it. This is like almost our form to giving back to people, you know, but we have real things that actually generate the money for us. Right. You know, the teams and other people that we employ and services and products that we sell. We have legitimate things that are just there. This right here, I mean, this might point people to you. It might point people to me, but it's hopefully just getting them to dive into the water and almost trying to say, I hate this type of marketing. I know you're in digital marketing, man, but I hate this type of marketing where it's, this is who this is not for. You know, but maybe right, right. we'll use it today is this is for the ones that don't have exactly what you're talking about. Entrepreneurialism, dude, you know what gets me? I love that you have an institute. You're going to be super passionate now. I love that you have an institute with this because you're talking about philosophy, right? And how, there's colleges, there's universities now that you can major in entrepreneurialism. You can, you know, and that's what the, like the traditional box, but then I don't even know what they teach, man. I know it's not philosophy, but people that are enrolled, like, yeah, I'm majoring, you know, or I graduated with a degree in entrepreneurship. I'm like, what? So it's it just, you, you get out and then you can just do what we do. Yeah, it, I know it's laugh. And it, it, it's not, it's not <laughs> laughable from like a, you know, oh, I, I'm so much better. I look down my nose at it. It's, 
it's it's laughable in like a comma tragic way because they're it gonna is. like they're My gonna learn breaks, they just spent four years not learning the thing they thought they were learning yeah man my heart breaks when i hear that because it, you're talking about it took 12 years in order for you to be ready and you had so many failures throughout that the failures are such an important part to being an entrepreneur i've had many myself you know, even when I started this journey, I was in debt and laid off with newborn twins that were born two weeks prior before I'm like, well, I think I'm ready because yeah. I just went through all this other crap during the past 10 years. Let's rock it. The moment when you think you're the least ready as an entrepreneur, I feel is when you're the most. Y yes. And, and I love that you're talking philosophy and, and <laughs> making statements like that. Statements that to the tactician, to the to the, you know, kind of perhaps, I don't know what the personality type is, the red personality or the green or, you know, there's certain personality. No, I think it's maybe yellow, the engineer personality type. Like, I don't know. I'm purple, man. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know what I am. I'm pur yeah. purple today, but. I like it. Wait they're like, the there's, nice there's a personality type that's like, I just want to know how to do it. Right? Yep. Like, I yep. just want to know the mechanics of it. Yeah. That person is probably never going to succeed as an entrepreneur as long as they are holding to that perspective. For sure. And you may, it, this may sound like a semantic distinction, like I'm just, you know, playing words, but I, first of all, I love words, so I always will. Um, but I make a, a massive, like monumental distinction between entrepreneurialism and entrepreneurship. So tech as you know, and I've looked this up, universities offer degrees in entrepreneurship. Yep. I've never seen anyone teaching entrepreneurialism. And I think of, entre you know, entrepreneurship is a thing. you're talking a, about? <laughs> no, it's just a thing you do. Entrepreneurship yeah. is a thing you do. Entrepreneurialism yeah. is a way you are. Right on. And I'm, you can sickness. be entrepreneurial inside of a corporate job. You can be entrepreneurial in, as the lead, you know, leader or in yeah. participant in your, in your family. I've, I'm a very entrepreneurial dad. Awesome. Um, because I'm just entrepreneurial. I have an institute that teaches entrepreneurialism. And what's yeah. my challenge a lot of times is people come in wanting to learn entrepreneurship. And I'm like, entrepreneurship isn't how successful entrepreneurs become successful. They become yeah. entrepreneurial and then they go do a thing called entrepreneurship and they're successful with it. And the word ship is pretty apropos. It's a thing that's that you, that you can sink, you can blow it up, you can sail it, you can ground it, you can, you know, it can do various things. But a ship is not the same thing as sailing. Yeah. Any more than an entrepreneurship is the same thing as entrepreneurialism. And when people start to understand that, they, then the, the Andy Frazellas and the Grant Cardones, you, you stop differentiating so much. It's actually a very healthy way to look at it because you go, you know, I don't, I shouldn't be focused on getting to do what they do because I can't do what they do. Yeah. For I sure. can't do what they do because I don't have what they have. I feel you. Yep. But I can be how they are. My that's God. what I should be focused on. Dude, that's amazing. You're, you're really speaking to my heart today, man. And I, I love that. I, love, <laughs> it's, I don't know. I, that's almost and I, the, and I, and you know how I learned it as much as anything? Playing, playing jazz. Really? Yeah, jazz, they give you a tune. They're like, uh, you know, someday. Yeah. Are you talking the difference between like a, like a pianist and a musician? I would, I, I would say that, yeah. yeah. I mean, somebody who can, who can use music like a language and can yeah. just say yeah. what they want and do what they want and go where they want and ultimately 
know how to bring it back home, know what constants they have to maintain. They have to maintain yeah. tempo. They have to ma maintain tonality. If, I mean, if they go too yeah. far out of the key too fast without cueing the other musicians, it's just going to sound bad. And yeah. so there's, there's standards, there's things that have to be, you know, adhered to. But then within that, there's this massive creative freedom. And the, yeah, that oh, would be man. a musician, not a pianist. Yeah. And that's an entrepreneurialist, not an entrepreneur shipist per shipist. se. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say, right? I do know what you're trying to say, yeah. I remember that distinction because, I, dude, I've played with a lot of great guitarists, a lot of great drummers, you know, but, but some of them were never the, the musicians, you know, and that's why I did what I did, how I was able to put bands together because I could see and I could even hear everything already even if we were writing a song i could hear the different parts in my head before it was even in existence i could i could see where the band was going and i could tell you know in, in the church world everything was built on like transitions you know because it's like a f smooth flowing 20 minute set you know from song to song and i could just just even feel those as they were happening before like if it was three days from now i could feel it now what that transition was going to be for everybody that was sitting in the seats, you know, ju just emotionally and everything else. So it is the difference because I'm a guitarist, right? I'm also a drummer and everything else, but more, more so I am a musician and it's a, it's a great relationship because you were a pianist, you know, right. But at yeah. the same time, you could see how to put all these things together and you could see things in your head. It's not just entrepreneurship versus entrepreneurialism. Entrepreneurialism is what we breathe and live every single day. And I love, dude, I think you, that was the one thing. I, and I'm just going to say it for you today, if you don't mind, because you brought it to the table, dude. It's freaking awesome. How you talking about the Andy Frisellas, you know, the Grant Cardones, or even the, the Kylie Jenners that are out there, you know, that no matter who it is, not everybody can do what they do, but almost anybody can be who they are if this is what they're going to go after. That's beautiful, dude. I, I, and go and just go find a play, you know, find within your sphere, within your set of opportunities. Yeah. Go find whatever is the most conducive place to ex to develop and express that. I mean, yeah. Go if you want to if you're if you want to be Grant Cardone, again, don't focus on doing what Grant Cardone does. Go get a job on a sales floor. And 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 work those muscles out for 2 years and you'll know because one day you'll wake up and at the end of the day it doesn't even matter grant cardone it's frankly i don't know grant cardone all yeah, i know yeah. is the image that grant cardone projects on social yeah. media yeah. so it's not even about being like him it's about looking at the things from that image that i want to be like and going okay i want to be like that and here's the thing for me i would know that i was like that yeah because i would be unequivocally hands down by a wide margin the best salesperson on that floor nice and then I would know oh. at least I have one piece of the puzzle to maybe ultimately do what I want to do. And then I could go on to develop the next thing. You know, maybe the next thing is about maybe getting a little better with tech or getting a, or understanding branding yeah. or, or becoming a good copywriter, learning how to translate my spoken skills into yeah, written yeah. skills. And, and you know, the nice thing is if you're trying to build a business, all of the skill development along the way has pretty lucrative little pockets you can develop oh, yeah. them in. Yep. You know, you don't have to, you don't, I mean, I did it the hard way. I struggled as a jazz musician for 10 years, but frankly, I could have made a lot more money developing the same skills if I spent some time as a copywriter and some time as a, 
you know, maybe a, a software debugger or, yeah. you know, I, yeah. or I actually, I would have learned to code if I had the bent, you know, in 2020 hindsight, like just, you know, but view your, this is all about, and that's probably the third trait, right? Go as fast as you can as possible. Learn to really love doing really hard things and, and give it time. Man, that last one is one that doesn't sit well with entrepreneurs. <laughs> no, it doesn't it, sit well in, the, in modern culture. For sure. We're all, we're all trying to get our Instagram profile to look like that other guy's Instagram profile in the next four posts. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, the phone screen displays about what? about You can usually see nine to 12 posts at a time. Yeah. That's kind of the mosaic before you scroll. So I think we're like, okay, in my next 12 posts, <laughs> I can completely reinvent who I am. Yep. <laughs> Which actually is not a... From from a philosophical perspective, you probably can, you know, because you made a, you made the decision to do so, right? Uh, and then you can look back and say, awesome, you know, because uh, you know the, the twenty one days to break a habit or form a habit, whatever, you know, I think that it can be done a little faster for a lot of those things, you know, because the it's it's doing it yes, but I the key part is making that decision. You know, and some will be like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Oh, working out is the biggest one that you hear. It's like, I'm going to start Monday. And the week goes, okay, I'm going to start next Monday. No, you're saying that you're going to do something that has nothing to do with your outcome. You're talking about the actual tool that can produce an outcome. What are you really going after? What is the outcome you're looking for? You know, every, and then everyone will say, well, it's to lose weight. Is that really it? Because losing weight is a tool to achieve a different outcome. Well you know, let, let, let's keep diving in and peeling back the layers here because what is it that you really want? You know, and then you get to, well, I want to be around for my kids. I want to be able to walk my daughter down the aisle. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have a heart attack when I'm 43. Yeah, awesome. Now we're getting to the meat of what you really want because losing weight, working out, eating right, all of those are tools, you know, or just things that people kind of correlate thinking that that's the, that's the how, you know, those are the mechanics like we're talking about versus the actual outcome and the destination. Man, you're amazing, dude. For <laughs> You're pulling a lot out of me today. Oh, you, yeah, it's, it's good stuff, man. I mean, you know, there's a lesson here, uh, you know, and uh, admittedly, as somebody who runs an institute, I have to, I have to stop myself from turning <laughs> everything into a lesson. I like, I'm going to become yeah. that annoying guy. <laughs> but, you, you know, there is one thing, a very entrepreneurial principle. We say that your net worth is determined by your network. And, and I don't, I just had a, a moment. I'm like, oh, wait, and your self-worth is determined by your self-work. Oh, Ooh. man. I don't know where that came from, but <laughs> I'm just Straight thinking truth like number 47 today. Yeah, right I, there. Wow. I'm, I got to write that down so I don't forget it. I, don't, I think what I was trying to say is it's not just financial. Yeah. You know, relationships like this. I mean, I met you on my show a couple weeks ago because yeah, maybe this is another entrepreneurial truth. I just, it's the whole hesitation thing. I'm like, oh, that guy looks cool. I should message him <laughs> and I should ask him to be on my show. I don't, I don't have like a warm up sequence. I don't have a, you know, I didn't, I didn't try to find a friend to introduce me to you. Yeah. I just went for it. Right. Yeah. Um, and now we're friends and now my level is, is, S is increasing. My value is increasing because I've added a really awesome person to my network and it draws great stuff out of me. And, and here's the thing, there's an opportunity cost to being your friend. For and what sure. it is, is means I can't be somebody else's friend. Cause there's only so many hours in the week. So yeah, 
you know, not that I have that many friends, frankly, but <laughs> to the extent somebody it's did get- It's a little get, lonely sometimes doing what we do. It sure. does. But if yeah. somebody, if, but there's something in my life that got booted when I decided to spend an hour a month with you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, maybe I could sit down and figure out what it was, but my entrepreneurial mandate is to make sure that whatever I replaced with our relationship was the lowest value thing in my life. Wow. And then the next time I have an opportunity to introduce something new to my life, it needs to be of higher value than whatever I replace it with. Wow. And that's the time. That's the passage of time. You do that. You have that. You maintain that, that habit yeah. for 10 years. See what your life looks like. That's awesome, man. Goodness. Where can everyone find you? I mean, I know where to find you, but where can everyone um, who's listening find you? Yeah, probably the single best place to go right now is just go to millionairesecrets.com. Uh, you'll get uh, access to all my podcasts and YouTube show. You'll get a free book that I put together on the fastest way to become a millionaire in the new economy. It's digital. You can download it. You have it in five minutes. Um, and just enter my world. You know, I got a lot of stuff. Entre, I'd love, this is probably a good opportunity for me to pitch Entra, but... I'd rather people just come watch 20 of my YouTube videos and decide if they think yeah. our, our beliefs are going to be a fit and, you know, go from there. That's cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I would, if, go there, everyone. Go there to millionairesecrets.com. You'll be able to plug into Jeff. And I'm excited, man, because I, I want to – offline, I want to dive a little bit more into uh, Entre Institute that you have because I think there could be even some synergies there. I, I just – you're my friend now, bro. <laughs> that's, how, that's how it is. And I, any way that I can help you and bring value, I want to, because you're doing a lot of awesome things and it's a, your heart's in the right place. That's why I really, really, really resonate with you. you know, Cause it's just genuinely trying to help people and saying, Hey, you know, you can, you can be like me, you know, you can do what I do, but let me tell you some of the places that I messed up. So at least you can make your own mistakes, make your mistakes, original mistakes. Okay. Yeah. No, that's a good one right there. Yeah. Don't make my <laughs> mistakes, make your own. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> make them original mistakes. Exactly. Dude, thank you for being on, man. Let's, uh, yeah. I, I mean that hour a month. That sounds great. Let's do it. All right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sign me up. Sign me up. Yeah. We both have masterminds too. We should probably check each others out that's what i was thinking yep yeah. awesome thanks cool. again my man of course this has been tremendous man i appreciate you yeah. so much rick keep doing <laughs> what you're doing and i look forward to our next conversation sounds good brother yep hey thanks for going all in with me today subscribe to the show so you get the new episodes when they come out rate and review the show if you're listening on itunes follow me on social media at mr rick jordan as always you can find links and references to anything we've talked about in this episode in the show notes and finally, share this episode with someone who you think might be able to level up their life by listening. I am Rick Jordan, and I approve this message.